Genesis chapter 1. I wanted to share a very profound truth this morning. That is that God is not a man. Okay? God is not a man. I know it's a surprise to many of you. But uh, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Um, it says that God created the heaven and the earth. Man couldn't have done that. Man cannot do that. But God is the one who made the heaven and the earth. Just think about that for a second. We'll go to Numbers. As you, you know, you all know this verse, but we'll read it. You know, um, we read this verse many times to, to know that God will say, do what He says He will do, and it's absolutely true. But I just want to look at it slightly differently. Let's read it first. Numbers 23, verse 19. It says that God is not a man. This is uh, the truth. God is not a man, that He should lie, neither the Son of Man, that He should repent. Hath He said, and shall He not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? You know, sometimes we, you know we we talk about uh, God is uh, God giving himself human characteristics. In the Bible, you know, uh, the God breathed word, for example, and we say, well, you know, uh, human characteristics attributed to God, so he can relate to man, and that's God's prerogative to do that in His Word. We should never reverse that and then associate human characteristics to God. When God does that, that's his privilege to, to, to identify, give himself, you know, to explain himself to us, explain what he does. But with the reverse is not something that we should do. Because sometimes what we do in our lives is we say, well, this particular situation isn't something that I can handle. And then we attribute that same thinking to God that he couldn't possibly do it, but he's not a man. You and I, we're, we're men and women, and nothing else. <laughs> let's, keep it, let's keep it straight. You know, we, we are humans. We, we, we're not supposed to be able to do what God can do, but God certainly is not a man, and he can do what he, he, his word says he can do. And I should never think that just because I'm in a situation that I can't handle, that God can't handle that. That's silly, isn't it? But sometimes we attribute human characteristics to God. Look at Second um, Kings chapter 20. We'll see a couple of these, but Second Kings is a wonderful example of a situation. You guys all know this record. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, where am I? came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. 
And it came to pass, afore as Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years. That's something God can do. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil. And he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forth ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, Well, you know, it's a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees, because eventually the sun's going down, and it's going to do that anyway. But, nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. You know, that's not something that man can do. There's no man living that can stop the rotation of the heavenly bodies to make the shadow change on, is there? It's not even something you and I would even consider doing. Well, there are a few people these days who think they can do this kind of thing. But anyway, that, that, that aside, okay? That's something that man should even consider doing. Man can't do that. But God is not a man. Thankfully, he's not a man. Isn't it wonderful? Because it would be a real bummer if he was. But he's not a man. And so verse 11, look. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord. And God, he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. God did that. He brought the shadow. And you sit there and look at the record and you go, oh my goodness. And sometimes we think it's unbelievable because we couldn't possibly do that. Let's not attribute human characteristics to God. God wants to do that in His Word to explain Himself. Wonderful. But not, don't, let's not reverse that thing, okay? God can do that. He did that. He changed <laughs> the shadow. It's incredible, isn't it? It's wonderful. Remember Moses? Of course you do. <laughs> it's a silly question. Of course you remember Moses. Remember the parting of the Red Sea. He would, here they are, you know, at the edge of the Red Sea, which is, you know, a horrible place to be when you have a whole army coming against you. And so he tells to Moses, Moses, lift up your hand. And so Moses does, lifts up his hand. And then it says, and the Lord God sent an east wind, right? And he's the one who pushed it. Who pushed the sea back? Was it Moses or was it God? Right? Could Moses do that? Did Moses have the ability to part the Red Sea. No. But God's not a man, thankfully. And so Moses had the ability to raise his arm and to trust God to, to tell him to do what he told him to do. God didn't say to Moses, I want you to figure out some chemical, physiological way to part. No, he said, you just raise your hand and you watch the salvation of the Lord, right? Not your salvation, Moses. Watch what I'm going to do for you. God can. God's not a man. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful truth. Uh, Jordan and Jericho. Remember Jordan and Jericho? The children of Israel, again, found themselves against a body of water that they had to get across. 
And so when God told um, Joshua to go across the river, what did he tell? What did he tell them to do? He just told them to touch the the water, right? With the priest carrying, they just tell him to. And then who's the one who took the water and sh- sh- put it up on a stack there up at the city of I can't remember the name of the city, a small city, Adam or something. Anyway, uh, did did the Israelites do that? God did it. God is not a man. God can do that. We should never ever question what God can do. Right? Let's not attribute our inabilities, our failings, our shortcomings on God. Ever. Um, let's go to Numbers chapter, sorry, Psalm 78. Just in case you don't believe me that God did those things. <laughs> I know you do. Psalm 78. Verse 12. Where are we? Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers. Psalm 78, 12. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And he made the waters to stand as a heap. You see, the Israelites didn't make the water stand as a heap. The Is- Moses didn't. Par- God is the one who did that. They just did what they were told. See, you, know, you know, sometimes I like to look at it from the point of view that God always has the hard part. Doesn't I mean, there's so many verses that show, you know, God is the one who has a difficult part in the, in, in the deal. God is not very good at making deals with men. Right? It's never equitable. He always takes the hard part. Right? You know, you tithe 10%, I'm going to bless you back like you can't even hold it. Well, I'd rather do the, the 10% is easy for me, whatever percentage everybody chooses. The part about rebuking the devourer, oh, that's really hard. God says, well, you know what? I'll take that on myself. You just do this part. God is really, he's a really, really bad deal maker. So just take the deal, okay? Trust me on that one. Verse 14. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the water, of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Who did it? God, God, God. Every step of the way. He's not a man. He has the ability. Thanks be to God. In Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. And we're going to start in verse 18. And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? They were complaining that they hadn't had meat for a while. For it was well with us in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and you shall eat. Verse 19. You shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month, until it comes out at your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you. It doesn't sound like God was too blessed about doing this. Because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And Moses said, and this is interesting what he says to God here, the people among whom I am are 600,000 
footmen. That's a lot of people. And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the flesh of fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? That's a really interesting question. You see, Moses in this particular situation seems to be trying to figure out how he could handle this particular situation. And because it seemed very, very hard for him to handle it, it was like he was saying, well, God, how could this even be possible? And God's answer to him is very interesting. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? You know, Moses was thinking, how can I possibly, how can I possibly do this? There's just so many people and there. Where am I going to get out? And God said, wait a minute, Moses. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what we've just been through? What we came out of? All the miracles, the signs that, that I did. Don't, do you not remember that, Moses? Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Have I all of a sudden... Am I all of a sudden unable to do that which I've done for you reliably all this time? Is the Lord's hand waxed short? I love the next part of this verse. Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. See, God's word is his will. He backs up his word. And he's not a man. Now you can you can count on, on men to to not come through with what they say they can, they can do, or sometimes they just don't have the ability the ability to do it, so they can't do it. But with God, never. God is not a man. We don't want to attribute human characteristics to Him, to to pass off our inabilities, or man's unwillingness sometimes, or inability to handle situations to God. He's not a man. God is God, the Creator of the heaven and the earth. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. Here we go. Verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. This is Abraham. Verse 9. And he said, they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were well old and well stricken in age. And he ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? See, immediately... What, what? Let's see, verse 13. The Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, it's an interesting question. Why would anybody, the only th reason person would think that something is too hard for God is because it's too hard for us. You see how she's attributing her inability and her ability to do this thing to God. And God says, Wait a minute. I'm not a man. I'm not, I'm not limited by man's ability, but here she was, you know, I, how can this possibly happen to me? Well, God is not a man that he should lie. God, God can do that. I don't want to be thinking about my, you know, inability, my lack of believing in situations to put that on God. 
How many things do I have to do for you, he said, before you trust me and my ability? God is not a man. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. In Matthew chapter 15, it may be hard and many times totally impossible for man, but thankfully, God's not a man. In Matthew chapter 15, Remember all the all the believers in the in the book of Hebrews. You know, you can read chapter 11, the wonderful hall of fame of believers that we like to read so often. If you look through all those all those records, you know, uh some of the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You know, we say, "Wow, wonderful and wonderful. They were wonderful believers. They refused to bow to the king." So, was it Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that got themselves out of the burning fiery furnace. No. What does it say? It says God hath sent his angel. He's God is the one who did it. How about Daniel and the lion's den? We sing that little song. Who shut the lion's mouth? <laughs> it says it says that God said my God God said had sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. Daniel did not have the ability to shut the lion's mouth. Okay, let's be honest. You know, sometimes we're in situations where it's, oh, okay, I can do this. You can't. You don't have the ability to do this. But God does. And if you trust and believe Him, there's no limit because He's not limited. Man is very limited. You know, was Jesus Christ? Let's look at we're going to look at Jesus Christ in a minute. Let's keep on down. Uh, how about uh, Jeremiah? Jeremiah, um, did Jeremiah make himself a defense city, or was it God who said, "I will make you a defense city"? How about Isaiah? Was it Isaiah who had the ability to um, make the nations into nothing and to give power to them that have no might, or was it God telling Isaiah, "Isaiah, I will do that for you"? God is the one. It's His power. It's His power source. It's His ability behind all of it, including what Jesus Christ did. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 30. Matthew 15, um, verse 30. And great multitudes came unto Him, unto Jesus Christ, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And He healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. You know, what is the technique that a person is supposed to use to make a blind man see? You know, what is it? What is the technique? What, is, what are the things you do to make a, a, a deaf person hear? Or a person to have a limb grow back? Or a person who's lame to walk? Or... What do you know what it is? <laughs> I haven't got a clue. But do you know who does know? God. God is not a man. Now Jesus Christ here. What the? What, well, let's read it. Look at uh, John fourteen. What did Jesus Christ say about all these wonderful things that he did? John fourteen. John 14, verse 10. 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Who does the works? He doeth the works. So you see, the thing with Jesus Christ was that he was absolutely obedient to anything that God told him to do. What's the power source behind Jesus Christ? God. The thing with Jesus Christ was he never doubted God's ability. He always did exactly what God asked him to do. And what did God do? He backed up all, all, everything that Jesus Christ believed with his mighty power. And Jesus Christ said, he doeth the works. I'm just very obedient to everything he tells me to do. Let's keep reading. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake, which he just said were done by God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. So when people do the works, what's the power source behind the works? It's not what you can or can't do, is it? It's what God can do. It's He's not a man. God is not limited. And when we believe the words that he told us, like Jesus Christ did, believed everything he was told, those works come to pass. Because God's authority, his power is behind all of it. God is the fountain of living water. He's the source of all of this. Um, and whatsoever, verse 13, you shall ask him, whatsoever, you shall ask him my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you shall ask, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, Jesus Christ, God delegated His authority and His ability to Jesus Christ. But what's the power source behind it? It's God. God is the one who knows how to do all these things. And so he said to Jesus Christ, you know, we looked at it before in previous fellowships, but you can look at it again. There's so many places where it talks about God having given and delegated his authority, all power in heaven and earth, all these things to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the power is of God. And Jesus Christ fully recognized that. You see, his job was to reverence God, love God, respect God, trust God, believe God. Hallowed be thy name. You know, all the things he did. He loved his father. And he did everything he told him to do. And these amazing things. You know, um, same God who was helping Moses. Same God who was helping Abraham, Daniel, Shadrach. All those wonderful men in the Old Testament. Look at Acts chapter 3. Same God today. Acts chapter 3. I know, we, you know, we have, we've said... We do the works. We do, yeah, we, we do. Uh, but I certainly have no clue on how to make a limb grow. I have no clue on how to make a blind person see. I don't. We do the works because we too have been delegated the authority to use the name of Jesus Christ. That's why. But the power source, make no mistake about it, is God. He's the one who backs up his word. He's the one who says, I will do what my word says. And when he told um, Moses at that record, we, you know, you want to go read it? He said, you watch and see if my word comes to pass or not. That's what he said. He goes, watch Moses, watch and see if my word comes to pass or not. It's his word, his authority, his power. 
And Jesus Christ said, Yes, sir, to everything. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. As a lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people, oh, I missed it. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. And this is a lame man who hadn't walked since he was, you know, a youngster, until he was 40 years old. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at us, at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? What did, they, what did they say? Oh, look, look at what we did and what I can. They said, why are you guys looking at us? This is a, it's not by our own power, not by our own holiness, not that we're so holy and we walk so perfectly. It had nothing to do with that. Verse 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac, who? God and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, who put that power in his name? God hath made this man strong whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all, not by their own power or holiness, but by the power of God which he vested in the name of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We read about him in Genesis. Or we can read about him in Romans. Romans 4. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in believing or faith, giving glory to God. His job, he, gave, he glorified God. That's what Abraham did. And being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able also to perform. God is the one who promised it. And Abraham said, I know that you can do that. God is not a man. Sarah didn't believe him, did, did she? She said, I can't, I'm, I, you know, I, we're too old. I, this is not possible. So she, you know, they're judging him based on her own ability. And Abraham never did. He said, well, as, as long as you've promised it, I know that you can do it. It was God's ability behind those words. He knew his God. Do we know our God? Or do we attribute to him our shortcomings, our inabilities, our... Just because it's hard for me. What did Paul say? You know, when I am weak, then am I strong. The power of Christ may rest upon when I just don't know what to do in situations. You know, did Jesus Christ rely on His ability? No. He said, I just do what my Father tells me to do. He doeth the works. He's the power. So he's, he, it, this is His whole thing. This is God's idea, all of it. He, in the beginning, made the heaven and the earth. He's the one who was the shield and buckler of Israel. 
He's the one who fought their battles for them, where many times they didn't have to lift a finger. Situations where kings stood up and said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. You know, those situations where they recognize, just, just, I just don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have the ability to do it. What does Peter says? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Not, oh, look what I can do. I know, I know, you know, there is a, we, we teach that, you know, we do the miracles. We do, but we do them recognizing who it is. And this administration, it's Jesus Christ who has been given the authority, delegated authority, and he has given it to us when we call on his name. And God is the one who backs it all up with his mighty power. We'll close in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in him in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do. Who does it? Now unto him who is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Who does it? Who is able to do? God. Now unto him who is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Why in us? Because God wrought that power in Jesus Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 1, when He raised Him from the dead. And we call on the name of Jesus Christ, and God is the one who is able to do what His Word says that He can do unto Him, God. Unto Him, God. Abraham gave Him glory. Moses gave Him glory. Jesus Christ gave Him glory. Unto Him, God, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. God is the one who fought their battles. He was their shield and buckler, Abraham's exceeding great reward, the Almighty able to defend His people and to supply all their needs, a God who raises the dead, the living God who is able to do that which He has promised, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. You know, we should we should do our best and make sure we put our trust and confidence in Him and not ourselves. And we should learn to reverence, love, respect, and obey Him like all these wonderful men did. 